0: Welcome to Body Matters Podcast, where we bring to you raw and inspiring content on all things to do with body positivity and eating disorder recovery. But before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as in traditional people and traditional owners of this country. We acknowledge with gratitude First Nations communities for their continuing care and connection to the lands or waters with which they have protected for thousands of years. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging, and recognise that First Nations sovereignty was never ceded.
1: Thanks for coming on the podcast, Christy. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for this one.
0: Yes, definitely excited to have you on. Would you be able to talk a little bit about yourself for anyone who may not know you yet?
1: Hi guys. Um, I am Christy, otherwise known as C. So I am a social media creator. So I have my YouTube channel, my Instagram, and it really revolves around fitness and health. And actually my first ever, how I got onto YouTube, my first ever YouTube video was by accident. And it was all about my I was uploading it to Facebook and I had to have another link and I ended up uploading it to YouTube and it was all about my recovery through anorexia nervosa. Um, And I was blown away with the response I was getting from people who were going through the same thing or who had been through it. And the message that I put out hit a lot of people Um, and I I knew I had something there when it came down to putting out videos, putting out content to help those who were struggling. Because an eating disorder in itself can feel so lonely, so lonely. And to have someone that you can just even relate to and understands you, just feels so comforting. So, Basically, that is how originally my YouTube and Instagram started out. Um, was kind of like a support recovery page. And then throughout you know my, my journey, my life, it kind of changed and adapted to where I was at basically in my life. But the fundamentals of my pages has always been health, nourishment and finding the best version of yourself. And it's been really really great in the sense where my community and my OGs have been able to really see that whole journey through recovery, through the battles that I had even after recovery um, because recovery and eating disorders and anorexia takes not only a toll on your health, but also things like your organs, your gut, your hormones. So it has definitely 100% been a process Um, And even still to this day, I still have issues that I'm battling when it comes down to my hormones and, you know, just things like my bladder, um, my organs. Like there's still things that we are trying to just get back to 100%. And this is, you know, five years down the track of being fully healed where my body is still damaged. And this is why, again, I'm so passionate about exposing what, under-eating and not nourishing yourself can do.
0: And thank you so much for sharing that video as well. Because it was really awe-inspiring. I watched
1: that and I was just, yeah, it's one it's just amazing. No, yeah. I it was the first video I've ever edited in my whole entire life. And I was like, <laughs> it's cool. edits. like I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. edit it. It, had, it made such a good impact on people, and it's something like that I it just made me feel. A certain way and I remember I became obsessed with that feeling of oh my god I'm doing something for someone I'm doing something for you know one two twenty thirty forty girls like this is amazing and mm-hmm. to be able to have that power to create a community from that it is it's incredible
0: yeah and you've definitely done that so then what was your past relationship like with food
1: well, obviously, eating disorder, anorexia, are not the best. And for me, it actually stemmed from um, at an early age, I did develop ADHD and a part of my ADHD is I had a very addictive personality. And I still to this day, um, I've learned to manage it. But for me, if I start something, I need to tell myself when to pull back, otherwise I naturally won't. and at a young age, I never had really any issues with my body too much. Like I was a teenager, obviously there was, you know, there was some boys being, you know, boys and saying certain things and I never really had much of an issue though. Um, and I did start my a diet with a girl, a girlfriend and we were just started high school and we started the diet and um, she stopped and I never stopped. I just kept going. And that's just a part of my personality trait and also not being educated when it comes down to health in itself, because my goal was to be healthy and to be fit and to um, you know be the healthiest girl in the school and to look a certain way. And Unfortunately, because of lack of education, I thought eating less and exercising more was how I was going to accomplish that, and then it just spiraled into something it never needed to be. But because of eating, like an eating disorder, it is a full mental illness. So it's not. Unfortunately, it's not to a point where it's too late where you feel as though that you need help. Do you think there was a main reason that you maintained and developed the eating disorder of your friend? Hundred percent because I have that addictive personality and it does look different for everyone. This can have a lot to do with uh, coping mechanisms, trauma. We all have a past and we all deal with things differently. And it did really kind of develop into more of a coping mechanism for my stress. So I would result to um, eating less and exercising more as a way to feel de-stressed. And it's kind of like what I told my mind, you know, I wouldn't have to deal with the demons inside my head if I was already stressed. I didn't want that. So I just knew that if I ate less and I exercised more then I didn't have to deal with that unnecessary stress that my head was already causing me. So it was something that became a coping mechanism and it did, it took years to reprogram that um but I I look back now and I'm so glad that I put that effort into reprogramming
0: yeah did you feel like that you were
1: neglecting yourself in a way neglecting myself um yes 100% like I feel as though when you are going through some any form of mental illness you aren't yourself you're not your true self you're trying to betray a certain figure you're trying to Um, live up to these unrealistic expectations that your mind is telling you that you need to accomplish. And because you are living a life that you feel as though that you need to live up to, for example, your identity. So when it comes down to depression, anxiety, eating disorders, you're living up to this identity. You're unable to be your true self because you're living in the form of the identity. So I did – I went spent years of never really finding my true self because I had to live the identity that my mind told me I was.
0: yeah, you would have definitely been stuck in that
1: mindset. So how did you begin to shift it? It was it was never kind of like a um, oh, I'm better now. It was years and years. Of yeah. and anyone who has you know gone through any mental illness or an eating disorder would understand where I'm coming from that it does take years of reprogramming your mind. And for me, a huge turning point was when I got into personal development. Um, I just mentioned this on the last podcast I was in, but I, I read a book that my dad gave me whilst I was in hospital and it was called the power of now by Tolle. And I remember reading, um, one of his quotes and it's my favorite to this day because it was kind of like that light bulb moment for me. Um, And it was the more you feed the ego, the stronger the ego will get. And so how I referred to the ego was more so my demons in my head. So the more I fed into that, the stronger it was going to be. And now after obviously educating myself and understanding what, my mental illness was I would I only kind of refer it as demons in the sense where um, yeah. it's thoughts that aren't mine. but at the end of the day, I have full control of my mind, I have full control of my thoughts, and once I learned to understand that and not think that it was someone else in my head, I understood that it was my actual thoughts, but I, from my action, have programmed these thoughts to be this way. And all you have to do is learn to feed into them thoughts less and swap them out. Reprogramming your mind takes action. And by action, it's about feeding them other thoughts. So if you don't like how your mind is programmed and how your daily thoughts are, it's up to you to make that switch.
0: Yes. So then what were the first type of changes that you noticed in yourself when you
1: started to recover? Recovery is really hard. Like it's, it's really, it is. And you have to kind of accept that as well um, because if you think it's going to be a breeze and it turns out being hard, mm. you get scared and you turn back. But once I understood that something that I would actually always say to myself is the harder it is in the moment may mean the easier it's going to be in the long run. The easier it is in the moment will make the, the long run harder. And I stuck by that. And I am so glad I went through them challenges of recovery, them doubt to them myself, um, because I now can live a happy free life. And it, recovery isn't easy, but it's the best decision you will ever make yeah
0: and you wouldn't have been doing any real type of self-care things back then would you have
1: no no I the self-care that you kind of do is more sabotaging Mm. so you know obviously you're exercising you're eating extremely healthy but nothing and yeah it's like you're not able to give yourself self-love because you do not deserve that so it's more of a sabotaging thing you may think that you're working on yourself but it's just abiding by these rules that your mind has created yeah
0: so then what are some essential self-care things that you do now that you didn't do back then
1: I, i love journaling love and it's something that i in that I actually did throughout my recovery, I would journal every single day. And I have about five huge journals sitting at home where it's just full. They're all, all pages are full and I've just bought my new one. Um, and it's something that I always prompt people to do, no matter what, whether whatever stage writing life is, to journal and to get your thoughts out of your head and on a piece of paper and I do it every single morning and I I literally just talk to my journal like it's my best, friend. Right? I'll talk mm-hmm. about my fiancé, I'll talk about what's happening, you know, with work. Like I – it's really good. And I will ask myself questions in my journal if something is affecting me. I ask myself how that feels and how I could be thinking differently. I will – share gratitudes every single morning, regardless of what I've spoken about in my journal. If I'm bitching about my fiance, I'll then write five things that I'm grateful for about him. And it's something that I am so proud that I've implemented at an early age is gratitude. And I definitely do look at, you know, gratitude as a form of, um, you know, self-love and working on myself. And that is something that I try to do daily. And I do this like so many girly things too take care of myself and my inner child self as well, because it's something that i lacked for so many years. You know, I love getting my nails done. I love getting facials, massages. And I love and embrace that stuff so much now because past me would not have allowed that.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. So mm. then why is it important to invest in yourself to ensure that you are caring for yourself
1: daily? Um, I think it is so important to constantly feel as the best version of yourself and whatever that looks like and however you need to apply that. Um, because especially in the fitness industry and the health industry, it can be really hard because you feel as though that you need to accomplish something in order to deserve something good. And you see it so much and it can be so toxic. Like you'll see um, earn your burger, earn your dinner, burn your cows. And it's so, so toxic yeah and at the end of the day you do not need to do anything to earn anything especially when you're giving it to yourself if it's any form of self-love you do not need to earn it as long as you are like your goal in life it should just be to feel good all the time
0: and I love that you promote
1: things like that
0: yeah I love it I love it when I saw like Margot Robbie was like talking about a story where she's eating a burger and it didn't even like cross her mind or anything just kept going over it like it's nothing and it is
1: nothing that's like part exactly.
0: of life.
1: yeah exactly yeah we are exposed to um you know on our mobile phones we're exposed to so many people on social media where they think that they're portraying this form of health by saying things and they don't understand how damaging it can be for some and that's why it is you know so important for people like myself anyone who's gone through it to actually be that voice and to be like, you know, these people who are actually posting this shit, they probably had, they went drive-through markers on the way, yeah. like, literally yeah. on the way. And then they took a photo of their salad and they earned yeah. that salad with a side of fries. Like, <laughs> and it, it is, and that's why it really can be damaging, but it just, under, it's also about understanding that at the end of the day, you just need to do what is right for you and what is going to make you happy. And you don't need to earn that happiness. Yes, Exactly.
0: So why should more people want to invest time and energy into themselves?
1: I think they should do it because understanding that not only you're going to benefit, but everyone around you is going to benefit. So the happier you are. So for example, I really prioritise my own self-love and my own time for myself. So my stepson and my partner benefit from that. Because if I am not the best version of myself, I cannot show up as the best mama. I cannot show up as the best fiance. I cannot because I'm stressed, I'm angry, I'm tired. And when I understand that doing this stuff for me is going to benefit those and my loved ones around me, it makes me want to do it more and more.
0: Yeah, I love that. So then why is it important to go beyond the identity of the eating disorder? And how much have you grown since that happened for you?
1: I think it's so important to learn to find your identity and who you are and not to live out from an identity you think you should be. Um, It's been a life changing for me because anyone who has gone through an eating disorder or any form of illness, you know that. You stay there because it's comfortable but it's the most unhappiest place and you do not understand how unhappy you are until you're out of it and that's that's the game changer is understanding that what you're going through right now, you don't need to be and it may seem comfortable but comfortability is not happiness. Comfortability is not growth. Comfortability, there is nothing that comes good with comfortability and I stuck with comfortability for way too long and me now to this day, I'm someone who I am, um, like I love to achieve big things. I love to do a lot. I love to change a lot. I love to move different places. I love to travel. And it's because I have experienced comfortability and I don't like it and I don't want it.
0: No. And <laughs> how has food become a part of your life and all those things?
1: I now look at food as more of a tool source to help achieve my goal so like fuel so like I am someone who I love weight training so I now look at food as fuel for that and even to this day I still struggle with things when it comes down to my appetite and um, my hormones and my gut so I I don't even need to be hungry to eat a meal if I, Know that I should eat, or if I am training, I will have a meal regardless of my hunger, and I have learned to be okay with that and because I'm not eating you know something other than out of either enjoyment or to help achieve my goal and they that that is my that is my main goal when it comes down to food and to understand that I deserve to be nourished regardless. yes. And how important now is taking care of yourself and others for you? So important and understanding what taking care of myself actually means at that moment in time. So as humans, we're going through different stages of our life. We have different seasons. So what you need at that point is going to be so different to what you needed a few months ago. So more so, taking the time and reflecting on what I need at each point in my life. Um, And same with, you know, my family, my boys, like I'm someone who I am very particular with those who I hang around and those who I do things for. And I think it is a good way to be because I've been able to reserve the energy for those who would give it back. So like my family, my close friends, my boys, myself, and that is, that's another way of I take care of myself is I, I don't burn out my energy for those who would not give it back.
0: Yes. And I love the like intuitive aspect as well, looking at what you like and what fits into your life. Kind of like how you talk about how you like to incorporate alcohol into your life. So Mm -hmm. why is that important for you?
1: Incorporating alcohol? Because that is something that um, for me is, um, that's my treat, And that is something that, I have in my early stages of life resented so much was alcohol, was, you know, liquid calories and I just fearful of enjoyment really. And over time I've learned that, oh my God, I actually love a glass of wine. Like I love a good red with a steak and actually being able to say that to myself at the early stages of recovery and just to do that was such a huge accomplishment because like we said earlier, it's like you're not allowed to do anything that makes you happy because you're not obliging by your identity, which is so fucked up when you say it out loud, but that is literally what the mindset is like. And now I've understood that I love wine and I will incorporate that in my daily routine because I can and I don't need to deserve it.
0: No, and now you're actually experiencing
1: joy in the things that you like and you're kind of, you figured it out. Exactly. Know? Yeah. It is good to have that transparency because, like, I you know I'll sit down with my glass of wine and I'll be like, I don't know how I lived life so long without this bad boy, and I can just I sit there in gratitude and I'm like, I am just so at peace and happy in my in my mind that I can find little things that enjoy me every single day and apply that and not feel guilty and not feel as though I needed to deserve it. Yes, exactly. So
0: then how has caring for yourself changed your overall life, like your whole life?
1: I'm happier, I'm calmer, I am clearer, I am more focused in my business, I'm more successful because I'm not so caught up in what I should be and actually being the person that I'm meant to be. Yeah, you're not fighting against yourself. Exactly, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like your
0: worst enemy. You're kind of being your own cheerleader. Yeah, exactly. So then if you could tell someone who may be experiencing eating disorder right now anything, would you give them any
1: advice? To open up, 100%. So opening up is huge. Um, having that support network, whether it's your mum, whether it's a counselor, whether it's a friend, just getting it off your chest. And understanding you do not have to do this alone, but also understanding that it is all up to you. So you can have a support network, but do not rely on anyone because you have the power. And that's something that I definitely did within my early stages of recovery. I would rely on my mom, my boyfriend, my, my friends, whoever it is. I would rely on them, but at the end of the day, it all came down to me. So it's not until that I cop that on the shoulder and understood that I have the power and I need to put in the work. Yes. And, and it's
0: amazing all the things that you've done after your eating disorder. Like, it's amazing you got through it and you've created such an amazing life for yourself
1: as well. Thank you, yeah. And that would never have happened if I was struggling. If I was still struggling, I would not have achieved not not even close to half of what I have now. No. And I
0: hope they find your video too, because it really is like it's just so meaningful. All
1: your photos and all like back in two fourteen
0: photos as well. It's like memories.
1: <laughs> I know, and that's something that I felt as I well, was so important because in recovery you don't have that. You don't have the fun, the cheerfulness. You lose it all, you know, because I know how lonely it can it can feel. Yes.
0: Well, thank you so much for this episode, Christy. It's actually been phenomenal.
1: (laughs) Thank you, darling. Thank you for having me. It's been beautiful. Thank you so much, Christy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
0: Well, that's the end of today's episode. Please subscribe, leave us a comment or a review. If you would also like to learn more about Body Matters services, you can check out our website, at bodymatters.com.au. Thanks for listening.